Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Edwin, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. This is episode 26, and I'm happy to share the conversation I had with Jody Kovitz. She is the CEO of Ace Tech Ontario. She's also the founder of Move the Dial, a movement founded in January 2017 to advance women in tech and just say hello. Her joy project through which she teaches people how to build transformative business relationships. We discuss her journey of many moments that took her from a consulting career to a career in law and now to a third career per se heading up the tech community. Before getting started, I wanted to thank my media partners, IT World Canada, for the support of the podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Jody. So happy to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Can you, first off, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us who you are, what you like to do on your, on your, I guess, personal time when you're not building or creating business or value to the community. So thank you for having me. I'm Jody Kovitz, and I am first and foremost passionate mom to an incredible eight-year-old daughter, Lily. She's actually a budding coder and wrote me a letter from camp the other day telling me she was a winner because she raised $382 at their charity walk. So this nice. makes me very, very proud because I'm trying my best to instill my own values in her. And I love spending time with her. I'm a passionate yogi. I love hot yoga with music. I also love to spin and I love to cook and travel. Those are my huge passions outside of building relationships and trying my best to make the world a better place. Awesome, awesome. And we'll definitely dive into a number of the things that you mentioned here. But I want to get started. Tell us a bit more about Ace Tech Ontario, your role, and what you're trying to accomplish over there. So Ace Tech Ontario is a community of over 200 tech leaders in Ontario that are working together to elevate Canadian tech on the global stage. We do that in a number of ways. We bring people into a community that are like-minded, that want to learn and grow from one another and help each other be successful. We also try to help them learn best practice uh, from, you know, uh, tactical skills in terms of building a tech company all the way to sort of inspiring them to have big dreams and become global companies. We have roundtable groups that are really peer-to-peer advisory boards, but we carefully work with the community we have to curate so that they work together to help each other be successful. They meet monthly. We have a really unique once-a-year retreat where the CEOs come together to share best practice, learn through super high-value content, network, and then have, you know, benefit from exponential growth as a result of this very strong community, as well as offering a number of community networking and learning sessions throughout the year. How do CEOs get involved uh, within Ace Tech Ontario? And is this something just um, restricted to tech companies? Are you looking to expand? And, and, and I guess where, where do you see the brand going or, or the transformation of Ace Tech as well? Great question. 
Acetech has been growing steadily over the last nine years, and it is a very strong community. We um, started, at, well, I joined Acetech a year ago as, the, as a CEO to really think through the vision of the organization and where we want to be. We, you know, similar to the other organizations in the ecosystem in Toronto and in Canada more broadly, know it's our time. We are really doing great things in our ecosystem. It's time to do a better job of telling the world what we're doing. And Acetech is very much uh, a core piece of the fabric of our ecosystem here in Ontario, as well as Canada. So we are really looking to ensure that we are bringing members to our community that share the mindset of growth and who are scaling their companies uh, across Canada and, and into the U.S. and globally. And people um, can apply to Acetech through our website, Ace Tech Ontario. And, you know, we really do try to bring people into the community who are at a stage where they are ready to learn from one another. And there's lots of different players in the ecosystem. Some are for super early stage startup seed funding. We um, start looking at members of mostly SaaS tech companies. We have some anomalies, but we really do try to, you know, be quite focused. And that was the purpose of founding Ace Tech in the first place, to be a place to learn from one another, because it's a very specific set of growth challenges and skills for people in the SaaS industry, as I'm sure you know, uh, with 2 million revenue plus, uh, plus a minimum employee threshold. Um, and, and then we really work hard with each individual to find them the right home in their small community within their roundtables. Uh, and that's with respect to CEOs. And then the other thing that Ace Tech does really well and differently than others in the, in the ecosystem we're really proud of is we provide roundtables also for heads of functions across tech companies. So we have a sales table, we have a marketing table, we have a legal table, et cetera, and an HR table and you know, it's really an incredible thing to see the executives help each other in a collaborative way, as well as having the CEOs and the executives come together across different companies, across different verticals to share best practice and overall elevate uh, our ecosystem. And you started this new campaign called Move the Dial. So I'd love you just to share with the listeners, tell us what, what is that and what's the goal of it? So I'd love to tell you about Move the Dial. And in fact, Move the Dial was born through a few very specific moments. And the first of them was my first quarterly dinner at Ace Tech when I was staring at the membership, esteemed tech leaders. And as I looked around the room, there was three women in a room of 130 leaders. So for me, in my mind, that was the first seed of my own desire to do what I personally could and bring the community together around changing the face of what we expect a tech leader to look like. The mandate of Move the Dial is to advance women in tech. We do that thinking through the whole life cycle of a woman in tech, all the way from someone at the age of my own daughter, Lily, who's eight, who's taking coding, thinking through, and, and how do you take the great work of ladies learning code and also inspire a child like my daughter to aspire to be a leader of a tech company, not just a girl that codes. There are many other pieces of that. So all thinking, starting to think all the way around the early stage, all the way through the life cycle to an early career in tech and almost everything is tech or has some sort of innovation component these days. So that's increasing the need for this work, as well 
as thinking about, you know, founders and how to help them develop the skill set to scale up and access capital, customers, talent, advisors. And then all the way, you know, it makes me think about the the woman who was in my meeting yesterday, figuring out boards, who was my boss at Scotia 20 years ago, who when she retired from Scotiabank says, Jody, I want to get involved in tech boards, has taken the ICD course, is totally qualified, but how does she get onto the right tech boards without some help and championing into the network? So Move the Dial is really addressing all stages of the life cycle. So the first seed of Move the Dial was when I looked around the room. The second uh, piece of the story is when I was fortunate enough to be added to the trip that John Tory took out of Toronto to Israel, comprised of leaders in the innovation community. There were corporates, founders, and nonprofits, as well as investors that went along on a trade mission to learn about the ecosystem in Israel and bring that back to Canada. I was new to Ace Tech, only a month in, and I had the very good fortune of going on that trip simply because somebody moved the dial for me. One of my very close friends um, for many years, so he really believed in me and knew me, took two minutes plus some of his relationship capital, which is super important, and made a phone call to the organizer of the trip and convinced them that I should be on the trip, even though I hadn't been a leader in tech, I was a new leader in tech, and that they would appreciate having me just wait, just trust. That person, you know, using his relationship capital brought me on the trip and it changed my whole life. I built relationships that have resulted in all of the opportunities and work I've done in the last year on that very first trip. So that was a move the dial moment. Then on the trip, I was so fortunate to hear these incredible female entrepreneurs from a company called iAngels talk about their story. And I just, I was so impressed. And they had talked about heading out on a fundraising trip to the US. And I said, so if you stop in New York, fly to Toronto, and I'll help do what I can to bring some money to the room for you. And I'd love you to tell your story of the Israel ecosystem and and sort of advance some of uh, Mayor Tory's agenda. They called me the next day. They said, okay, we're going to come in two weeks. And I just went into full throttle okay, let's get this done, right? And I called around. I, I asked, um, you know, my brother, could you host this at your office? I asked a whole bunch of friends, throw $1,000 at the food, you know, beg, borrow, steal. And we really, you know, I asked Mar- my friends at Mars, would they partner in bringing this to life and Communitech and DMZ and let's just hustle and get this done and do something here. And it came out of my mouth when I was talking to them. They said, why would you do this for us? You don't know us. I said, I just want to move the dial for you. Love it. And there it was. Yeah. And then that hashtag move the dial is, is became the name of the event. And then the groundswell, we sent out the invite. I'll never forget it. I was in Mexico with my daughter for a week, sent it on December 23rd, the night I arrived. Overnight, we had 100 people registered. Wow. I never thought I'd get more than 30, then 200, 300, 400, 500,000. We had to move it to Mars and everybody really rallied. And it was the, in the end, the energy in the room around the first Move the Dial event was so palpable that I felt compelled to just declare that I was starting a movement. I felt I had to rise to the opportunity and, and galvanize this energy for good in the ecosystem. So that was really, you know, the series of events from first sort of look around what was my new world of tech leaders, which I wasn't used to. There was a lot, there's a lot of female lawyers. I spent a lot of time in law. You know, the world of law has caught up to the rest of the world. 
but it was really um, striking to me that there were so few female leaders in the room, then to the opportunity to be impressed by super capable, you know, women in tech, then wanting to help tell their story and bring capital to them in order to assist them in the work that they were doing proactively to building a movement to do something with all of this energy. So that's how it started. Um, and that was in January. And I th- it basically then just invited anybody who wanted to help to get involved, which resulted in what I now have is a, a working group of about 75 people and some really amazing, strong leaders around me that have really have helped bring this to life as a, as an advisory board and strategy team. And, and we have a community of sort of 2000 growing and we're growing global and are in major negotiations and conversations with lots of community partners and corporate partners and global partners. And we have a lot of events already on the calendar for the rest of the year. Awesome. And, uh, We'll definitely keep updating our community as well, but I just want to share, I had, I think, someone who was a guest on your Move the Dial, Eva Wong at Borowell, and one thing hit home when I had her on the podcast is she talked a lot. I had I questioned, I asked her, how, you know, why are women leaders not moving up? And she said, sometimes it's just not that we do it, which is most executives are busy and they just fill the role. And that's why she was passionate about always being vocal about you have to think about it and you have to be more conscious. It changed me for the podcast because now I'm like, you know, I should have at least 50% women on my podcast, yes. business leaders. <laughs> yes. And and having you on here helps as well, especially as you run this campaign. But secondly, you know, I have a young daughter and I want her to see that, oh, look, there are amazing women leaders out there who are helping, who are creating, and and it's coming to light as well. And I want to be part of that movement, and I want to also help that as well. So it's that. so it was. It well, was. Thank you for that. You know, it, it means a lot to me, and I and I adore Eva and admire the work she's doing. You know, this is about helping women who are extremely capable find their voice, secure opportunities. There are so many impact stories of what you are talking about. There's a woman who was connected to a, a big media publication in Toronto and as a result of a feature got U.S. customers, which then impacted her valuation, right? There's a woman we interviewed, Lean Lee. She's amazing. If you haven't talked to her, we'll get her on here. She's at Wealth Simple. She's the head of finance who had an amazing story of how her career had been sponsored by Mark Organ, who's one of the advisors to move the dial and a, and a huge um, advocate and supporter of developing uh, uh, all talent, including female talent. And he had sponsored her in her career to develop towards her goals of leading uh, a scaling tech company's finance team. And we told that story of Mark's sponsorship of Lean and Lean's new role at Simple and her story on our blog. And she got a phone call the next day from Metro Morning. Like, that moved the dial. These are little things. So I think you're right to say, Edwin, that everybody can do something. And sometimes it's not that there's malicious intent. It's just people don't necessarily understand the power of the ripple effect, you make a small choice to commit to 50% women, you know, and then somebody else hears you doing that and they do the same and on and on it goes. And slowly that actually has the impact of changing the percentage of female founders that are getting funded slowly over time, another percent, another percent, because we're helping create opportunities. Actually, a great example of this is Mark Kohan, who is the, I don't know if you know who Mark is, but he's the chairman of, of Toronto Global, and he used to be the commissioner of the CFL, and he's an incredible leader. And we had him up at our Ace Tech retreat to talk about his leadership and approach to leadership. And one of the stories he told, which I really admired, is that, you know, part of it is just around, it's around commitment. He really committed to wanting to um, 
with the opportunity of a blank slate new board for Toronto Global, model the behavior of a commitment to diversity at the leadership table. So he said 50-50, and he just didn't stop until such time as he found qualified, strong members of the board who were male and female. And it seems like, you know, people can have the discussion around, is that a quota or not? I'm going to park that discourse for another day. But our whole move the dial mentality is, what can you do that is a small step towards being more inclusive and bringing, you know, strong diversity of thought to your leadership teams in order to, you know, not only achieve better business outcomes, create opportunities for our entire talent pool, but, you know, do what is the right thing now that we're in 2017. Yeah, 100%. And we talk about move the dial. I'm sure this, you're doing this a lot. Of, this is like almost a passion project. And, you, and you've been, throughout your career, you've volunteered. You give up a lot of your time, different organizations. I know you mentioned uh, John Tory's Innovation Council or, or going going over to Israel. You have the Sick Kids Foundation. I think you mentioned the Optimal Living Lab. Uh, of course, now the move the dial. I, I, there's another passion project that I read about. I want to learn more, and maybe you could share about it. It's it's just that just say hello mindset, and well, what is that all about? So, joy, just say hello is my passion and joy project. It's a mindset of living with curiosity, showing up in the world, seeing every opportunity for a relationship as potentially life changing. That's what the mindset is, and it's what I'll, I'll speak about and write about. I'm actually writing a book on Just Say Hello, which Very is cool. about this mindset and then how to build meaningful relationships out of those hellos. That's great. Do you find through the peer groups or through these roundtables that that mindset, is there similarities with a lot of business leaders that you see successful or the people you look up to as well? Is, is this something that, that you, you've noticed as well? I know you've learned this from a young age, but I guess people may gravitate to you because of that. So that's a great question. And I actually think that the more connected we are these days through technology and social media, the more disconnected we become. So it's actually even more important these days to use this um, mindset and, and to have a very thoughtful approach around relationship building. The leaders that I admire most and learn the most from see relationships as everything core to their success still. And I say still in brackets, you know, there are so many, um, you know, different leadership uh, skills and, and sort of strategies that are key to success these days. And it seems like we're increasing these sort of uh, skills you must have and, and technology you must use. And uh, by the moment, disruption, innovation. But what to me has not changed is, and, and, and again, is becoming increasingly important is being very thoughtful about how you develop relationships, how you cultivate your network, which as my very wonderful friend Paul Tashima says, is your net worth. Over time, especially as people move more freely and quickly around to different jobs and careers, when you think about millennials, this is increasingly important. Being able to, to sort of have a hub which is the term I use for the group of uh, very um, close relationships that you focus most of your time or should focus most of your time developing, you take that hub with you from job to job. So it's increasingly important. I want to just quickly go back because I'm going through this journey of talking to amazing business leaders. It, it always fascinates me 
how people get to where they are today. And when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, speaking about social media, it looked like you started as a lawyer practicing family law, and then you moved over to Osler, you mentioned it, in doing business development, which eventually took you to become a development executive. You were a growth strategist, you were coaching over 350 associates nationally. So I really, very super curious, what made you change, or your term, move the dial, that moved you to business development, eventually coaching? So I started my career at the Boston Consulting Group, actually, in 1999, and I had an incredible mentor. So my, my life, the, really the answer to your question, I'll share the story with you, is a series of moments. My career has been a series of work very hard to master a set of skills, you know, put a lot of passion and hard work into whatever it is I'm working at, and then a moment that is transformative for me where I see my next opportunity. So my summer, first summer was at the Boston Consulting Group, and I had an incredible mentor at the end of the summer who reflected to me, as wonderful as it was to have the opportunity to work at such an esteemed organization, that it really wasn't suited to my personality to sit in a spreadsheet for 10 years. And she was right. So I took that feedback, and I did not pursue that career I instead went to Italy for my last semester, and then I went to work in tech for a couple of years. I worked with David Ossip. And speaking of relationships, I feel very blessed to still have him in my corner 20 years later, supporting the Move the Dial work as a huge advocate and champion for women, so in tech. Um, but that was an incredible experience and opportunity in my life. And then I met an amazing woman named Pat Krajewski, who's also on our Move the Dial advisory board now 17 years later, who hired me at Scotiabank to do leadership development. So I had a passion that was evolving and developing and I and I loved this idea of developing leaders thoughtfully. They were doing really strategic work for at that time at the bank. And even though I had a small role, it was a very strategic team and I learned a tremendous amount. So off I went to Scotia for a couple of years and then again I had a moment where I had been toying with going to law school or not go to law school. I had thought I would do that as graduate work but not practice. My dad's a lawyer, my stepfather's a lawyer. So perhaps it was the conservative person in me always wanting to be able to hang a shingle. Uh, but I, I met an incredible, I had an incredible moment where I was at a basketball game and I had the good fortune of talking to Heather Reisman and she said, come talk to me in my office because I said, I have a career dilemma. I've applied to law school, but I'm at Scotiabank and I could go up the ladder with this incredible career sponsor that I have or I could go to law school. And she said, if you were my daughter, I'd tell you to go to law school. So I took her advice. Again, sort of a moment where I just stepped back and evaluated the options and made a choice. Went to law school, became passionate about family law as a subject. I started writing about it and I thought I could build a practice pretty early. And so I went to Torquin Mains, which was an incredible firm where I thought I could build a practice early. I had the very good fortune of working with an incredible man. His name is Lauren Wolfson. And he was my mentor, teacher. He he is the most um, sort of ethical practitioner and he's so strategic and so thoughtful and so generous. He spent hours and hours teaching me, mentoring me how to build my practice through profile, through relationship development. Uh, and he really believed in me and my own ability and supported me in my entrepreneurial spirit. So I built my practice. And then again, I had a life moment. And I loved what I did. I, I really did enjoy that. But I wasn't showing up in the world as my best self as a result of practicing law because it wasn't enabling me to use my best sort of skills. I think everybody has a superpower. 
There are many powers I do not have, but being in relationships and developing business and helping people achieve their objectives is what I'm joyful about and my special uh, ability in the world. And practicing law, sort of reading and writing facta and showing up in court to argue cases was not. And my daughter, who's perfectly fine now, spent two years in and out of Sick Kids, which is why uh, Sick Kids Foundation and the work we're doing around um, the tech community to, to raise a whole bunch of money that'll be announced soon to, to help rebuild the hospital as a tech community is so close to my heart. But in one of the moments that we spent 75 nights at the hospital, I had a wake-up call and I call it the gift of my life. I looked at my daughter and I realized I was not living as my best self. And this was a moment I decided I, you know, it was time for me to change careers. I didn't want to practice law for the next 30 years. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had to look ego really in the face because I trained to be a lawyer for 10 years between school and practicing. And it really wasn't easy to walk away from it. So I went to yoga. I mean, after the moment, my daughter was fine. I went to yoga every day for a month at lunch and I got really clear about who I am. And that's what I would inspire our listeners to do who might be at a crossroads thinking about, should I stay on my path? Should I change? Just spend some time with yourself. Think about what you love to do. How can you marry your passions with your one superpower and think deeply and be honest with yourself about what that is. So I realized I'm a builder. I'm passionate about big vision charting, you know, un, uncharted territory, creating and galvanizing people around a, a mission, a vision, a cause, as well as building and generating revenue and relationships. Happen to be a lawyer and have a business degree. But though, that's what that's my sweet spot. And that's what I love to do. And so I did a cold call to this chief operating officer at Oster, who then became an incredible mentor and supporter, Ruth Woods. I'm grateful, you know, almost still every single day for the opportunity she gave me, the meeting she took through her, her own just say hello attitude. And that's what executives can do is be open to young people reaching out. I sent her an email. I heard you speak. You inspired me. Can I take you for coffee and hear your story? To the young people listening, most executives will say yes, if you put it that way. I had the good fortune of meeting an incredible man yesterday Sheldon Levy, who many of you know, very experienced, successful person. And I said to him, and I, I mean it, Sheldon, can I take you for lunch and hear your story? If you put that to people, they say, yeah. So Ruth said, yes. And she told me her story and she said, who are you? And I said, well, I'm a builder and here's my three examples. And I'm an entrepreneur and revenue generator and here's my examples. And she said, okay, I'm going to connect you to the head of litigation at Oso. I think she'd like you. And then I met Deborah Glendening, another incredible sort of influence in my life taught me about sort of big vision, entrepreneurial spirit, go get it, can change a culture, gave me the rope to really do whatever I could come up with to do that. Um, and she hired me. And then I got the opportunity to work with Colleen Moorhead, leading the team for five years at Oster, doing incredibly innovative work in the legal industry, really taking an industry that has operated in a the files will come to us because we're experts and super smart to a new place of building relationships and being really thoughtful about cultivating business for the long term. I learned a tremendous amount from Colleen and I'm so lucky she really supports me now in, in all of the work as a true career sponsor and champion. And after five years at Osler, where I really had honed the art of 
strategic business development and professional services, changing culture around people's behavior in sales and sales in litigation is actually quite difficult because not that many people want to buy litigation. So it was a great challenge and for me and very nuanced. In addition to being able to develop a passion of mine, which is developing young people. So coming up with a plan around legal business development for, for students and, and sales. I read a thousand books on relationship building just in my spare time to inform the work and then just went for it. And then the alumni program, I, I really felt I had added many tools to my toolkit, but I was ready for the next challenge. And I was really passionate about what was going on in tech, which is why I took the call when Ace Tech called. No, great. No, that's great. I, I love that. You mentioned it a couple of times, and I was really curious before coming to meet you here, is now that you're in the tech industry where you were blown away by the number of women and boards, I I'm just really want to know uh, if you see any similarities within the tech and within the legal space when it comes to women leadership and, and moving the dial. So I think there's, you know, certainly the legal industry had its own challenges, and, and it's taken some time to move the dial in the legal industry. I was inspired through my work in the legal industry and specifically at Osler actually by the uh, number and quality of powerful female leaders I had the great fortune to work with. And I, I, I'm sure that having the opportunity to work with the people I did at Osler who are still colleagues and friends in what I'm doing now inspired a lot of the work that I'm doing and bringing to the tech industry, which is lagging behind. So when I even think back to it, you know, the managing partner was a woman, the head of our department litigation was a woman, the head of, you know, chief client officer, Colleen, you know, was a female leader who had built a tech business before E-Trade. Ruth Woods, the COO, was a leader. Many of the, you know, Tracy Sandler on the executive committee, there are many, many incredible women that I had the opportunity to work with that are really leading that firm into the future. And that's just one example. There are incredible female leaders across the legal industry. And I think law got it right a long time ago. I think tech isn't getting, you know, we, we get it. We, we're in on the program that we want to develop more women in the tech industry. I don't think we need to have a conversation anymore around should we or shouldn't we. We're all on side. And in fact, my positive lens is that we are all proactively trying to do things about it. We just have some longstanding issues that we need to deal with. And I think law's been getting it right. And we have, um, you know, just some work to do in the tech industry to catch up with other, other industries like law. I don't think we need to talk about why we need to fix things to advance more uh, diversity overall, capital D, but uh, with a specific emphasis on women around my passion. Uh, we're all on the program that it's better for business and it's the right thing to do and the diversity of thought produces better outcomes. We just have some action to take to slowly uh, change the landscape for leadership in tech um, to catch up with other industries like law. I want to just change change gears again. I'm I'm getting blown away with everything you you've been sharing and you know talking about your career and this is another project that's new and I just want you to share about it because I'm I'm from Toronto I'm born and raised uh, tell us about Elevate Toronto I'm thrilled to tell you about Elevate Toronto which is happening very soon in Toronto September 12 to 14th it's a new festival happening in the tech scene second week of TIFF that is really about showcasing to the world the amazing 
global ideas and business that is coming out of Toronto. So I feel very blessed and, and lucky to be part of the leadership team in our ecosystem in Ontario to be bringing Elevate Toronto to life. The idea was born, you know, maybe four weeks ago. <laughs> Razor Swimman and Alex Norman, the founder, said, Hey, Jody, would you help us do this thing? We're going to go meet with the mayor's office. Would you come along and maybe help us bring this crazy idea we have to life in 90 days? We'd like to bring 5,000 people to Toronto to talk about and see and experience and feel Toronto tech. I said, sure. I would love to do it. And, and I was so honored, actually, that they really saw the need and the desire to have Move the Dial as a presenting you know, partner in, in the work to ensure that we are putting our best and full, most diverse talent pool forward. And so Elevate Toronto has three days. Day one is main stage. It's all about global ideas live here around our three values, which are diversity is our strength, it's our time, and disrupt together. We have a, a lineup of incredible speakers that will be talking about those three things. And it's really meant to be a festival and fun and celebratory, very different from some of the other conferences that are going on. That'll be at the Sony Center. Day two, we are really focused on eight different substantive tracks. For example, Elevate AI, Elevate Health, Elevate Growth, Elevate New World of Work, where we're going deep into different areas and and. Our plan is to have each of those tracks will have three or 400 people across the city of Toronto. That night, we have an incredible party happening on King West, where we'll have many, many of the scaling companies who take out restaurants and we're celebrating in the streets. And, and really, it's about the collisions and the informal opportunities for networking and connecting that will happen there that we also think will help elevate our Toronto companies on the world stage. And the next day, we have an incredible uh, third piece, which is called NUCO. And that has been happening for a couple of years. And it's actually a global initiative to feature relatively new companies with a social mission. And that's really being run out of uh, an amazing colleague of mine on, on our team, uh, Val at Cosette. And we are showcasing uh, 40 different companies in Toronto where people can come into the homes, quote unquote, of our companies and see what, what it takes and what's really happening, ask questions and see it on the ground. And I'm thrilled to share that there's a Move the Dial stream this year of NUCO where Cosette actively sought out female founders who could host people to give them the opportunity to tell their story. So that's amazing. And then rounding off with the Spotlight Awards, which is really about celebrating big Canadian success stories, unicorn awards for billion dollar exits, as well as a billion dollar valuations and centurion awards for 100 million plus exits. That's amazing. I love how it's like you said it. It's our time and it's all coming together as well. And so celebrating it with another um, in conjunction with another global stage with TIFF might actually get some a lot of synergies happening as well. But Jody, it's been a blast. I've been really learning a lot and I'm sure the listeners out there is going to be resonating with this and your story as well. But before we end, I'd love to get some of your final thoughts observations, really what I look for is some actionable recommendations that you can share with any growing or business leader that's out there listening and looking to grow their career. So the first is set some very clear goals. In the last few years, I certainly attribute, you know, at least 90% of my success to being very honest with myself about who I am, what my core strength is, what it is not, 
what I'm passionate about, and then writing it down. So I remember the day I took a course at Ivy. It was called Persuasion and Influence. The amazing instructor encouraged us to write down our goals on a page. And so I did. Number one, nourish my daughter, mind, body, soul. Number two, double my income in the next two years. Number three, join the board of the Sick Kids Foundation. Number four, start becoming a public speaker and build just say hello until I write a book, speak around the world. Those were sort of crazy big goals. And by writing them down, I had a North Star. And I have believed in myself and come back to those goals every step of the way. And they've iterated and I've added, obviously, many, many initiatives that I've been working on. But, you know, by actually seeing it. So then I, I had never spoken in public before I took that course. The impetus for my public speaking was really a speech I gave in that course it was three minutes. It was one of our assignments. It was, it was called Dream It, Plan It, Go Get It. So that's actually what I'm sharing with the listeners. Dream anything you can. There is nothing too big. Plan it. Write it down. What are you going to do and how are you going to do it? And then hustle like mad towards your big dream and it can happen. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like that's another moment of your uh, of your your career as well, and, and it's it's so great just just learning about you, Jody, and and all the initiatives and the passions that you're part of. So to close, Jody, again, please tell us where the listeners can find more information about you, all the countless campaigns that you're part of, your company, Ele- Elevate Toronto, or anything that you want to share or where people could follow you on. So. If people want to buy tickets for Elevate, which is really exciting right now, Elevate Toronto, you can use my special discount code, move the dial MTD50, and and you will have a 50% discount on the price of tickets. If you'd like to get engaged and move the dial, we would love to have you, movethedial.ca. And to contact me personally, just say hello.ca is the way to find me. Awesome. Thank you, Jody, for taking the time to be on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you. That's it, folks. Thank you for listening to episode number 26 of the Business Leadership Podcast with Jody Kovitz. I really had a great time hearing about her journey, her passion projects, and how she is currently leading the technology community in Toronto. To learn more about Jody, Ace Tech, Move the Dial, Just Say Hello, and Elevate Toronto, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash zero two six i love getting messages from you so please feel free to contact me directly via email to edwin at the businessleadership.com and let me know how i'm doing or as jody would say just say hello if you haven't done so yet please subscribe on itunes google play or wherever you listen to podcasts thank you again until next time edwin signing off Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.